Welcome to Mock Footage. I really like movies. I do too, but I haven't seen too many. And that's why we're going to watch a bunch together. We'll make sure to keep it swear-free for Grandma. Definitely, and we will be talking about major plot details, so consider this your spoiler warning. Oh, I wonder what we're going to watch this week. Hello everyone, my name is Joseph Lengua, and this week we are going to watch A Knight's Tale. My name is Ray Hiroso, and it's time for another bedtime story. Mm-hmm. That's not um, what this movie yeah, is about. Yeah, you really like the plot point of A Princess Bride where there's a grandpa reading a book to... Yeah, I already know where you're going. Um, it's but, not. <laughs> but before we get into that i do want to mention that i think part if memory serves part of the reason that this movie is on the list is because um when we talked about it briefly before you instead gave me the plot to a different movie called Uh a kid in king arthur's court (laughs) because well and that's that's just all i'm gonna say to start so tell me everything there is to know about a knight's tale right uh, do you want me to give you what i thought it was or my new energy yeah, all all of everything whatever just <laughs> composite whatever you think is best my friend i was gonna give you a fresh new fresh plot take fresh take so to the sequel. okay all right then for transparency's sake we will probably cover a kid in king arthur's court because it looks ridiculous at some point yes um but since we know that that's not the plot to A Knight's Tale, what actually is okay. what happens? I, I, right. I get movies I guess, mixed up all the time. So yeah, what's actually guess, what happens? I guess I should just give a brief statement on what I thought A Knight's Tale was. Mm-hmm. And then I'll give you the actual plot of it. Okay. Right? So I thought A Knight's Tale was about a kid who traveled back in time and had a baseball bat yep. and became a knight for King. Well, he was basically a King Arthur, yeah. sort of in the stone style. And he had to figure that out. Um, turns out that was a kid in King Arthur's court instead. Right. Different so, thing. So, different thing entirely. Um, note, that plot is still not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> um A Knight's Tale is a movie starring Owen Wilson as Galahad uh, in King Arthur's uh, court also still. Sorry. Okay. Um, So King Arthur gets sick and he's bedridden for three days. And during this time, Galahad has to run the kingdom and also maybe is in love with Guinevere. Who's Guinevere played by? Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um... And so it's just a a, a hundred and twenty, a hundred and fifty minute movie of Owen Wilson as Galahad basically running a medieval office and making sure nothing goes wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, Details. You like details. I do like details. I love a detail. There's a dragon. Okay. But the dragon is not evil. In okay. fact, it's the it's the tax friend. A tax dragon. A tax dragon. We love a tax dragon. We do love a tax dragon. Um, so Galahad has to travel to the the dragon's den. That's its. That's what it's called. Uh-huh. And help finish the taxes for ta- <laughs> medieval tax season. Mm-hmm. Um, 
That's one plot point. Uh, most of it is just getting in there and then talking to the dragon, who is voiced by Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart, sorry. Thank um, you. Just doing taxes. And that's like a five-minute bit of just Sir Patrick Stewart just riffing about... What kind of tax tools does the dragon have? Because I imagine it involves at least one abacus. Oh, uh, well, there's probably an abacus in the background, but I just imagine dainty claw with a, a quill. Oh, okay, okay. On parchment, uh, little glasses on the dragon. Yep. This is a live action movie. I want right, that to right. be clear. But there, there uh, is a, there's a, a real dragon they brought on set, or, or what are we working with here? Um, this is a CGI dragon. Okay. A good CGI dragon. Got it. Um, so there's that. There's also jousting tournament. Yes, there is. And it's treated like a race car movie segment. Right. And the, the horses make the zoom noises do that they, race cars do. The horses do. drift, yes or no? <laughs> yes, the horses drift. <laughs> <laughs> it's just NASCAR, but horses and people on them. But they call it jousting. I, it's love, not I love NAS horse. Horse car. <laughs> um. Okay, so there's a jousting tournament, but rather than it be like traditional jousting, it's like high octane race horse race. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So okay, that that is actually one of my favorite parts of this movie is that there's a lot of you talked about the tax dragon too with like kind of glasses and and uh you know, I'm imagining kind of like a little bit of a maybe he's got a tie on or something, maybe a cup of coffee. And mm -hmm. there's this this NAS horse race. <laughs> um, and one of my favorite things about this movie is that, like, you know, it takes place in medieval times, but there are just anachronistic things kind of just thrown yeah. in. Um, so what are some other examples of ways that this game, this movie kind of messes with time a little bit in, in, in silly fun like one-off jokes yeah so um there's a scene where uh king arthur who is played by uh oh what's his name joe help mr odenkirk bob bob odenkirk okay uh, so King Arthur, played by Bob Odenkirk, is just sitting mm -hmm. on the beach drinking a Coors Light. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Blatant advertising. Yeah, but worth it for but the joke. Absolutely amazing. Um, there's also the scene where <laughs> where Gwyneth Paltrow is leading a yoga class, but everybody is in medieval clothing, and it is very good. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah, I, that's <laughs> just. To, I I I love what you're saying because it's not right, but it is like capturing the spirit of exactly what I'm talking about. So uh, yes. that's good. Um, I want you to tell me about what you thought of Paul Bettany's character in this movie. You know, I really liked him as Lancelot. I think they underused him but every time he was on screen i couldn't help but smile at how charming he was he was really rude yeah the whole time though yeah like he's kind of a you know 
smug guy. If um, there was an antagonist, I would call it Lancelot in this movie. But right, not, okay, like, that, that makes sense trying. because Lancelot, you know, is typically, I don't know, it just seems like a weird casting, but I think with Lancelot as the antagonist, that, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. I didn't remember it that way. I didn't remember Lancelot being the bad guy, but I was really young when I watched this and I just, you know, thought Lancelot is the good guy, right? But Lancelot's kind of a bully. Lancelot's kind of a bully. He is the football player turned office manager. Okay. So... Yes, there is a musical number. It's Dream On by Aerosmith. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly couldn't tell you for sure whether or not that song is in this movie. (laughs) But we will find out. Um... What did you think of what did you think of the message of the movie and like it's kind of you know it's it's main moral I think so this is just my like take on it but I think the anachronistic moments and the parody uh the movie was trying to make big statements about how a lot of like modern day stuff is very old and outdated okay um, I don't know if the movie got that across to everybody. Right. But overall, like, it's just a slice of life, right? Right. So the anachronistic, like, bits are actually part of the message of the movie? Yeah. It's... Interesting. Like, whenever we see, <laughs> whenever we see those bits, it's very clear that they're making fun of those. Like, this is... I see. Not, this is a thing, you know? Yeah. This is, like, a point they're trying to get across. And what is that point, Ray? That a lot of modern society is old and outdated. Okay. So, even when things are new, they're actually old. Yes. Okay. And that's a problem. Well, that's up to your interpretation. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. I, I think I'm going to leave it at that for now. Um, it's kind of a shorter first half, but I'm, I'm really excited to watch the movie with you. So let's get into it, but not before you tell me your favorite line from A Knight's Tale. Um, oh, so my, my favorite line from A Knight's Tale is by Owen Wilson, who plays Galahad, Mm -hmm. uh, who turns over to, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow playing Guinevere and asks, um, what time is it? And then she looks at her wrist sundial. Oh, okay. I see. That that is funny. Mm -hmm. And then she tells him the time. And what does he say after that? (laughs) What does he say, Ray? Blaze. No! Uh, He's Owen Wilson. What does he say? Wow. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Dream out. Dream on, dream on. <laughs> dream until your dreams come true, Ray. What did you think of A Knight's Tale? Anachronisms aside, this would have been a terrible movie. <laughs> the anachronisms really add a lot of flavor that are that, that make it special. That might be a spicy take, but I feel like if the anachronisms were not there, I would like this movie less. <laughs> Definitely, I would have liked it less. I don't know if I would go as far to say it would be terrible, but it would have been yeah, far yeah. less enjoyable. Yes. Um, 
I thought it was fine. I think I'm gonna have trouble discussing this movie. Is the problem, but I have. I, I hope you'll guide We us. can talk about cool. yeah, like so, the NASCAR horses. The NASCAR horses are important. Let's real quick go through the plot. Um, we open the movie on a group of lads. There is William Thatcher. There's Watt, and there's Roland, and they are squires to a dead Sir Ector who just died in a horse jousting tournament. And so William decides to ride in his place in secret because uh, peasants are not allowed to be jousters. And this escalates, this secret life escalates to him winning tournaments uh, all across England and becoming the grand champion and defeating uh, his rival Admiral Akbar. I'm going to guess his name was... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know half of the names in this movie. And uh, falling in love with a noble woman named Jocelyn, and um, and uh, and changing his stars, going from peasantry birth to becoming a royal or not a royal knight, but a noble knight, uh, and. Yeah, that's that's the plot of the movie. So there were some differences, I would say, between uh, the true plot and what you came up with. <laughs> Just a few. I don't think they're worth talking about. <laughs> I mean, in my mind, the, the, the dragon is, I think, a big difference. Paul Bettany's the dragon. Paul Bettany is the dragon, that's true. <laughs> um... No, I think I think I'm more surprised at how close I got because I know nothing about this knew nothing well, about you, this movie. You were kind of struggling to come up with stuff and you mentioned jousting and I was like, "Okay, yeah, jousting is in this movie. Let's go." <laughs> you mean NASCAR but horses. Yeah, so the very first like <laughs> joust match within the first 5 minutes of the movie, we hear we will rock you by queen and we see all the people in the crowds stomping their feet and clapping and singing we will rock you by yeah. queen mm -hmm. um and i immediately realize oh so so that's the tone we're going right. for <laughs> right there's there's some really dramatic and emotional highs but overall it's a it's a fairly lighthearted movie and uh it's a it's a fun little romp it's it's an underdog a, tale yeah it's yeah. an underdog it's an underdog it. tale. There's a fun little party of miscreants that we, we gather up as we travel across the country, including There's... Jeffrey Chaucer, Chaucer, played by Paul Bettany. Yes. Uh, but more importantly, Kate. But more importantly, Kate. Sorry, Kate. Is... <laughs> I, if you haven't figured it out in our slew of mock footage episodes, strong women are some of my favorite characters, and Kate <laughs> is high up there. Yeah. I, I honestly like the whole crew. Like, Oh, they're all great. Yeah. And they and they work really well together. They all have their own little relationships, and and it's the the chemistry between them all really works. I said this during the movie, and I will say it again because I think it's worth talking about. They are just an RP, uh, a JRPG party. Yeah, I find more and more on this show we talk about tabletop <laughs> parties and JRPG parties. Who's the healer? Yada yada, and like. Uh -huh. 
Uh-huh. I want to not do that all the time, but it was really prevalent in this movie. It was really <laughs> obvious in this one that the Prince, what's his name, was the final elder party member that you got that was very Prince important. Edward. Prince Edward. You got him only for a few fights. He's super strong. He knighted William and mm-hmm. he was cool. And everyone yep. else was like, yep, we're here too. Yeah. Kate was ready to hit people with hammers. And I was was. very excited for that. We had a good bard in the form of Mr. Paul Bettany, Mm -hmm. ready to bard things up at any given moment. Very, just come on. It's it's a medieval, it's Chrono Trigger. (laughs) Yeah. And like, Paul, like, this is like a good bard, right? This, like, Jeffrey Mm -hmm. Chaucer's character in this movie, like... I'm like, okay, this is useful. This guy is bringing... He's he's a loud mouth, and he won't shut up, and he has a lot of baggage, including a gambling addiction. Mm -hmm. But uh, he... Like, him creating hype is useful (laughs) to the quest. Yes. He's the ultimate hype man, and it... It matters. <laughs> it's great. It's very good. Everybody got. I I really liked at the at the climax of the movie. Everybody got a small little moment, and glaringly, Jeffrey Chaucer did not have a moment. He didn't even have an announcement mm-hmm. of of William after, which has been building up this whole movie. He's been doing <laughs> these flowery announcements, and then after yeah. William gets knighted, he doesn't get a chance to do one because there's no time. And I'm like, hmm, this seems like a flaw. And then two seconds later, he is trying to buy time for William by doing a big announcement. And I'm very excited. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good job. Good job. Like, that was something that was a good payoff for his character. And that's, I think, one of the first things that we can talk about this in this movie. There are it's it's too little too long. And there are a lot of setup payoffs and a lot of them work really well. And some of them just don't land and they just spend a little bit too long. Like, like there's a, a setup of William. William is essentially orphaned at a young age. And we learn this midway through the movie. His dad has to give him up because his dad is poor and cannot make enough to support both of them. So he sells him basically into service of Sir Ector. And that's where Will starts his journey. Um, and a couple of the things that we learn from these like flashbacks is that William, his, William's dad, Jack Turner, Jack, Jack Thatcher, John Thatcher, John Thatcher, John Thatcher Tom Builder, um, Tom Builder. <laughs> Thank you. That joke is for me and me only. <laughs> um, tells Will at a young age that he can change his stars if he wants to. Uh, he can do anything he wants to, including being a knight. And also, at one point, Will is afraid that he'll never be able to find his way home. And his dad just tells him, follow your feet. And eventually, as an adult, Will does finally come back to England and finds that his dad is still alive. He's been blinded in his old age, but he's still alive. And there's this scene where, like, Will doesn't introduce himself right away because he's not sure if his dad wants him or not. 
Um, but there's this really emotional payoff to both of those lines where Will, mm-hmm. as Sir Ulrich says, your son wanted to let you know that he's changed his stars. And then his dad says, and did he follow his feet back home? And it's just a really incredible payoff. It was very nice. I was worried we weren't going to get payoff for it. What what was what was a really good payoff moment for you? Um, hmm. Or a bad one. Uh, you know, I did have a bad one. There's I do plenty have, of bad ones. I have ones. both. I have, <laughs> I have a good one and a bad one, if I yeah. may. Um, good one is uh, Lord Dooku getting knocked off his horse <laughs> and having a vision of that one line he told William with all of the friends. Twice. Twice. Telling him yeah. twice this line. Yeah, Gondooku told yeah. William twice throughout the movie, you have been weighed, you have been measured, and you have been found wanting. And granted, it's a really cold line. Like, it's a mm-hmm. good line. But he didn't need to say it twice. And yeah. then after Willem knocks him off his horse, what happens again, Ray? He has a vision on a green screen because they couldn't pay this actor to lie on dirt, apparently, where all of the friends just look down on him while he's on the ground and repeat the line at him. Very slowly. One one phrase per person. Very cheeky. And they all have this doofy grin on their faces and they just walk away. And this all happens like... Real time while he's getting hit with a lance. Yes. And while William is screaming his own name, which is also super corny. It's a lot. I kept calling this a jousting anime. Yeah. 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 And I I think it does. It does fit a lot of those tropes, including filler episodes. And also getting backstory in the middle of a fight. Yeah. Um, So there's that. Uh, One payoff that we never got, so it was bad, was Roland and the lady-in-waiting. I needed more from that. The lady-in-waiting. They kept flirting the entire time, and they didn't even have a moment at the end of the movie that I noticed. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, that's fair. I wanted something. I wanted them to high-five anything. <laughs> but 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 she was with William's father, so that was fine, too. Mm-hmm. That, that was one of my issues. That that was a, a, an extremely low subplot that mm-hmm. I wanted payoff for. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't notice that one, but that's I mean there there were a lot there were they 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 many. took a lot of shots. Um, yes, they did. It's a very long movie. <laughs> yes, and there's a lot of repeating of of the lines that they had said earlier. And again, sometimes that lands in a really good way, and sometimes it just falls flat. Yes. Uh, like the first, the first half, first two thirds of this movie is really engaging, and then when they start, like the the back half of the movie is just is just stacked with payoffs, and like yeah, it like, just okay. felt like too much trying to happen at the same time, yeah, so that they could end the movie, yeah, because there were two. I feel like they cut things. I feel like they should have cut more. <laughs> they should have cut more. I agree. <laughs> it's still a fine movie. Um, yeah. Well, and yeah. then speaking of that, again, it is it is fine. Like overall, like it's it's so fun and engaging when it starts and then it just kind of starts to to drain you a little bit. And I think overall the result is that it's fine. Let's talk about some of the some of the messaging in this movie. Oh, yeah, go go ahead. Um please. There are two I have two glaring issues with with the messaging in this movie. First is kind of Jocelyn's whole character. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I want to yeah, know your ahead. take first, and then I, and then I think I want to build on it. I like Jocelyn, but is she a character? <laughs> she's more. She's kind of more like the idea of a woman. <laughs> they tried to make her a character, headstrong and cool, and they. I could have. They could have done more. They yeah. could have done more for Jocelyn instead of just being the woman. Yeah. There's this scene at the end where, like, all of William's friends, and especially Jocelyn, who's crying, beg him not to go out because he's been revealed to be a liar, right? And if he goes out to the tournament, he's going to be arrested and probably executed. Mm -hmm. Um, And she begs him to run away. Like, run away, save your life, and we will do it for love, you know? And he ignores her. And then wins, and it's like, and that's like pretty much the last line that she has in the movie. Like, like, uh, yeah, I do like what she does after that, which is goes and gets William's father to watch the end yeah. of the tournament. But that's like not focused on, right? She, I wish she it was, really though. does not have very much agency of her own at all. Um, yeah, she's I, a, she is a person for William to fall in love with, and then for Sir Admiral Dooku to steal a little bit, maybe, and then for William to win back. And like, and and that's what's so frustrating about it is because what there is of her character is complaining about being a token to be one and being a prize and being like boxed in as the idea of a woman. And yet that's right. what the, exactly that's what the movie what the does movie, to her. Our introduction to her is, is she's, what was it? She was in a place and some guy was offering his hand for a kiss or whatever. And yeah. she's like, look at that jewelry. It's great. Yeah. And I'm like, I kind of like her. And they did nothing with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like when she is allowed to have a personality, like it's it's great. And then as soon as yeah. it becomes inconvenient for the script, they shut her up. And like that's so annoying because all she talks about is being shut up and it's it's I a know. woman's place in this world to be silent and uh, like oh my gosh. Ah. It's so tone deaf. Um, like you good job, you silenced her. You did the the thing that she didn't want. Good yeah. good, good job. <laughs> Love that. And then the other big problem I have with the movie is, and I I guess it makes a little bit of sense, um, but like William's whole deal is that he is told that he can change his stars, right? He can go from peasantry to being nobility and he believes that and he knows that it's illegal what he's doing, but he's hoping he can make it work. And he gets outed, he gets revealed as a peasant and he gets imprisoned and he gets put in stocks and then uh, Prince Edward is there and Prince Edward is royalty and it's somebody that he's like been nice to earlier in the movie. So Prince Edward's like, actually, this guy's a knight. And um, and like. This is where the problem is, because of specifically how they do it, they Prince Edward doesn't say. Sir William, I find you to be noble and therefore you are nobility. He says, my personal librarians have found that you were actually noble all along and no one can contest me because I'm royalty. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. so the message of the movie is you can do it as long as you know the right people. And what doing it means is leaving behind the 
where you came from and becoming nobility and becoming the ruling class. Like, it's like, it's like this super. They were so close. Yeah, they were so close. They were so close. It's not that you need to change the system. It's that you need to work really hard and really believe in what you want. And maybe you too can become middle management someday. (laughs) Ah, Good job, William. Here's your little plaque that says you're middle manager now. Yeah, it's really frustrating because like... The, the the vague message of being able to change your stars sounds nice and it's it's a beautiful moment and then yeah. what it um, what it but the way they boils down to yeah exactly is well William you acted like nobility that's great no one else is gonna know that because I'm gonna say you were noble the whole time <laughs> right so there were no right. issues with the system and at all in fact you were part of it actually yep. So, uh, medieval times, royalty. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, are there parallels <laughs> between uh, this medieval system and today? No, probably not. Probably Don't think not. about it Why? too much. Uh, anachronisms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are there similarities between this time and that time? No, no way. Don't not think about all. it too much. How did you feel? About everybody helping William write a letter to Jocelyn. I liked that bit. Did you? Uh, I haven't decided. It was a nice way to get a little glimpse into all of the characters' heads. Mm-hmm. Um, and where they're coming from in terms of like their journeys. But also, like... I can also see, like, sitting down and be like, okay, I need to send this girl a really good letter. Can you help me? (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, I think the reason that I think it's still good is because William did start the letter. And he had a really really strong start and end. And everybody else in the group kind of just shared tales of heartache to help inspire him to write the rest of the letter. And I think it was a really good bonding experience for all of them. And it speaks to the universality of love, which again, I think is a good, a good, it it was, I liked it, but I can see also why it's not so great because it should be a personal thing from. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the fence on it. I liked Mm -hmm. it, but I, I, like you said, it it wasn't as personal. Any scene that included the whole party, just talking (laughs) was good for me. I mean, that's (laughs) fair. They're a good band of miscreants. Yeah. I, I I like this movie a lot. It's a lot of fun, but it it's definitely got its issues. And it's it's the kind of thing that just like it, those issues are glaringly obvious. But I think it's still a fun watch. But I, that's not about what I think. It's about what you think. I think we're at the end of the conversation. Ray, would you share a Knight's Tale with somebody that hadn't seen it yet, the way that I have done today? Ooh. I, I know I'm supposed to answer with a yes and no and give an explanation. Yeah, you almost never do. And I almost never do it. And my inkling was to say, would you watch the big game with some friends and then feel exhausted by the end of it? What? Don't worry about it. Um. Yes. I hesitate. to. I'm like 75% yes. Okay. Like, it was a fun time. I have my issues. 
But it's also very long. And I know there's a lot of current discourse on movie lengths right now, which we're not going to get into right now. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. (laughs) So, yes. I also did, since we're talking about that, I did I did think it was funny that this uh, this movie and also our movie from last week, Ocean's Eleven, are both movies that were made in 2001 and were rated PG-13. So to give you kind of a, a little <laughs> yardstick of, of what to expect. This is, I did not expect you to say that. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Um... So, okay, so kind of you like it, but also it's kind of long. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, ah, uh, do better. <laughs> yeah, but again, like, we're not out here trying to find the perfect movie, you know? It, 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 my question, this question generally, I think, is do you think the good outweighs the bad enough or that it's easily separable enough that you can... Watch the movie, take the good, acknowledge the bad, and not let it ruin your day. But in fact, have a better day. Uh, here, okay, here. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a resounding yes for that because Paul Bettany's in it. There you go. Is that there and you go. He, and he does a phenomenal job, as does Alan Tudyk, as does, yep. as does Heath Ledger. Ledger. Yeah, everybody. The, the cast is phenomenal, honestly. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you, Ray, so much for watching this movie with me. Uh, and thank you to Ryan Chongo for letting us use the song Hat of Serenity off of his album Hat Shop. It's a nice little ditty. Also, thank you to Ross Jerson for the beautiful art of us in our little smoking... Robes. Robes. Bathrobes. It's not quite sure. Thank you. It's all cool. Thank you. And if you want to get updated when our episodes go live, follow us on Twitter at MockFootage. And you can also send emails to us, mockfootage at gmail.com. Thanks once again, folks. You've been wonderful as always. Ray, what was our favorite line from A Knight's Tale? You desecrate the house of God! (laughs) 